Welcome to Sad Boys, a podcast about feelings and other things also. I'm Jarvis. And I'm Jordan. Jordan, they let us start a podcast. They let us start a podcast. They said it would never happen. They said it would never happen. But the man tried to put us down. The man, mostly a man named Dan. <laughs> mostly a very specific man named Dan tried to take our microphones away. He had a plan. <laughs> he had a plan and by God he wouldn't let us record. He wouldn't let us record, but we're here. Uh, we're here against against uh, Dan's wishes. They said I'd be dead by twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> they said I'd be dead by twenty five, and look at me now, twenty three years old, still alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm also still alive, and I'm twenty five and a half. <laughs> and we're back for real this time. Hey, Jarvis, it's me, Jordan Cope. Hey, it's me, Jarvis. Hey, I don't have a last name. <laughs> It's just me, default Jarvis. It's just me. <laughs> your boy Jarvis. Well, that is your Twitter handle. It's true. Follow Maybe me your at greatest Jarvis. claim to fame. It might be. In fact, uh, most people are disgusted when they find out that I have the Twitter handle that I do and I don't have a ton of followers. Yeah. How often does that come up? Every day. I want I want you to give me an average yearly mention. Uh that like, somebody gets genuinely shocked by the fact that A, you have Jarvis. A year, I'd say about 30 people. Probably. And B, how what what percentage of those thirty people are pissed off that you don't have more followers? Um, oh, it's it's a smaller percentage of those people, but I've been propositioned on the internet for my handle, and uh, because people are like, I have more followers, yeah, so you have to give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> These and I'm like, called, that's like, not Steve how this too. works. It's not even because yeah, it's, it's like their some name. some actor from the UK tried to get me to sell my uh, handle for like a hundred dollars, and I was like, Dude. and you said no. I know, I know. Wait, wait. Did he say a hundred dollars or a hundred pounds? Because this is the UK. He uh, he tried to give me a dollar, man. I think he was trying to stoop down to my level. Right, because if, if it was a hundred pounds, that's thousands of dollars, Jarvis. You missed out. I don't know if that's how that it's works. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, I've got to. I'll call him back. <laughs> I know his name. I know his name. I know his handle. He's it's at not the very least, Jarvis. I know what his handle isn't. <laughs> so we've covered one name. Yeah, the process of name. elimination, which I already have a head start on. I can find him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there's only so many. Like, what's the combinations of Twitter? names out there. There's like, only so many not Jarvis's on Twitter. Yeah, 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 It's got to be a small number, I've got to imagine. We're staying at a hotel, we should yes. say. We're staying at the Hilton Checkers. Yes. And, and we'll also the say that- scenic Hilton Checkers in Los Angeles, California. This Hilton has a Checkers attached to it, but not the Checkers you're thinking of. <laughs> no. Uh, no, this was originally a Checkers that then expanded into a Hilton hotel. Yeah. Uh, and and when we say we're staying at it, it's really Jordan staying at it for work, and I've literally just like crashed here. And I found Jarvis in my bag after I unloaded from the plane. It took him a while. He yeah. has incredible upper arm strength. I, I, <laughs> I'd packed pretty heavy for a four day trip. Yeah, 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 you really did. And I had brought several other mixed race friends, so I didn't find Jarvis. For yeah, a we while. were we were Brockhampton down there in that bag. <laughs> yeah, all forty eight members. We were of odd future. <laughs> It's just two boys. It's just two guys talking about their feelings. It's just two sweet little boys talking about the things that make them feel. And we're here to talk to you about emotional stuff that makes us uncomfortable, but also just to like, I don't know, do bits about like Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> the classic bit. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I mean, this like, show I would say is 33% feelings, 33% gin and tonic and 33% Lohan. Uh, which for any listeners who don't know what a gin and tonic is, it's a drink uh, only made in America. 
Uh, you can. It's a genie drink. It's a genie drink. <laughs> a gin and tonic. It's, it's spelled D J I N N. Gin and tonic. It will grant you one wish as long as your wish is to drink it. Yeah, it grants exactly <laughs> one wish. It grants, I guess Guaranteed. every every drink grants you one specific gr- wish. Yeah, 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 I guess that's true. Well, we are really our own genies in a way. Yeah, in everything a way. we do, our id is our genie. Our id is the 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 wish. Be the wish you want to be in the world. Uh, I'm just saying. I I watched the Parent Trap in this hotel room, dude. That might have been the highlight of the trip. See, the bananas thing about the Parent Trap. While we were watching it, because we, uh, we turned it on just because we're in a hotel and we don't often get access to terrestrial television. I haven't seen a commercial in six years. <laughs> I've not watched regular cable TV yeah. for seven hundred years. Yeah, and when we turned it on, I was I was <laughs> like a Neanderthal, amazed that this thing. We still, still don't understand like uh, how advertisements work. <laughs> yeah. In twenty seventeen, we were watching uh, the Parent Trap as uh, boys in their twenties. And as a result, like, one, props to Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. She did a great job. She was, what, two years old and played two different roles? That's pretty impressive. Do you think there's a contingent of twins that find that offensive, playing your own twin? I don't know that there are that many twins that are acting together. No. Like, you know, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, there's probably a, a, I can guarantee that there is a twins actors guild. That Twins Actors Guild. You guarantee that there's a Twins Actors Guild? Guild. How many people are the Twins Actors Guild? At least two. (laughs) Guarantee that there are two. (laughs) There's at least one. To be clear, that's one complete (laughs) set of twins. So, in a way, there's one. Because as we all know, twins are just half of a person. (laughs) Nope, that's not how that works. No, you said that. (laughs) Welcome to the Sad Boys. (laughs) This is a podcast about emotional sincerity. As you can tell. <laughs> We're here to talk about feelings. Feelings? But, comedy? But in, yeah, like I was going to say feelings and poop jokes. Yeah, I like that. Uh, jokes about parent trap. We're really just bringing the topical uh, the topical points. Yeah, what's hot right now? Uh, Old lost Lohan and vehicles. parent trap. <laughs> I'm ready to make jokes about not Penny's boat. We have to go back. <laughs> And also remember Season. that time Lindsay Lohan played two people in a movie. Uh, the year is 2017. The year is 2017. It is we, not relevant. We've finally been released from our time capsule. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ian Jarvis from the year 1998, and we love the Parent Trap. And if you and seen Jinko jeans, <laughs> <laughs> we love the Parent Trap, Jinko jeans, and Bill Clinton. <laughs> I assume he's done nothing wrong. He's done nothing wrong. Sad Boys is a podcast hosted. By a black guy and a white guy on, on average. average. <laughs> yeah, totally. We have to qualify that because we are both both. <laughs> we are both both, which was the alternative name for the podcast. Which both basically both. sounds like you're putting your mouth through the Olympics. Yeah, so we decided not to call it both both. Although both both would have been a very good name. Maybe we start the show again. Maybe new show. Both both kind of sounds like one of those like Star Wars characters like, in the <laughs> yeah. background. Ones that people that love the expanded universe are obsessed with. Like, you don't know about both both? You don't know about Sorry, both both? I thought you were a fan. You don't even know about both both? That's like uh, when I... So I actually just saw the Star Wars movies. Like, all of them. I saw uh, the six movies before the seventh movie came out. Wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Do we sorry. Need to talk about oh, this? This is so unfortunate because I was excited to record a podcast. Unfortunately, we do have to cancel this podcast and instead do a Star Wars and Jarvis podcast. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, no. So I guess this was like a year ago now. But I had not seen any Star Wars movies. This I, is huge. And I watched four, five, six, one, two, three. Did you do it? Uh, you did it in release chronology, not release in- chronology. That's correct. Um, and I enjoyed them. 
uh, uh, but like banthas, like it was like, what's that? And it's like, no one ever says that's a bantha. <laughs> that's like, I had to have like my, my nerdy friend, Jerry <laughs> yeah. with a star Wars encyclopedia explaining classic Jerry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Classic Jerry explaining everything as it happened. Uh, because those movies don't do a good job of explaining that, but make you think everything is important. Well, that's the thing about that. I mean, I don't want to get too deep on the Star Wars movies in the opening of our podcast about feelings. <laughs> but the, the Star Wars series was never really about intricacy. That's the weird thing about the way that the fan base evolved, because Star Trek was. And there, yeah, yeah. There, there are several series that where the uh, driving force behind the way the show works is here are the intricacies, learn them as deeply as you can, and then apply them. That's like that's what Star Trek is. Yeah. Whereas Star Wars was always just what if what if Luke but he had a lightsaber and then he swung it. My it understanding was of Star simple. Wars is that George Lucas read a Joseph Campbell book and was like, <laughs> I want to make a movie. Yeah. It's oh this looks easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can I Maybe do that? I can just do it. And then he just did. Maybe I just make the movie. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like what if like uh hey George. <laughs> George. Hey, hey, what here's if, an idea. What if like as a joke we just made the most popular movie of all time? <laughs> <laughs> just out of nowhere. Hey, like, you're, you a, you're a film student just like me, right? Yeah, I mean, like, surely you've put out one film. God, it's mad that Star Wars is as big as it is. It, because I mean, it is lit- it's literally a student film. But it, It's literally somebody going to one person going like, hey, but what if, what if the biggest movie, what if we made the biggest movie? Hey, Jordan. Hi. What if we made the biggest podcast? Oh, my God. Great idea. All right, so we should probably give it a name that is extremely inaccessible. Uh, I was thinking something uh, racially charged, <laughs> racially charged, something that capitalizes on the current political climate in America. That could work. Oh, alternatively, one about sad boys. What about a, a name that exemplifies our feelings? Ooh, well, I don't know about you, Jarvis, but I'm pretty sad all the time. How about you? Uh, yeah, I, I think sad boys is a name. You know, to to break the bit. Uh, you'll you'll recognize that Jordan often just lies. A little uh, bit, yeah. Sometimes uh, he's making a bit. Sometimes he's just lying. My favorite <laughs> bit is lying. Sad Boys is a podcast about like emotions and stuff, but it comes from a place of, to be completely honest, me looking for an outlet to talk about emotional subjects with my male friends and having nothing. Yeah, and we should say, I mean, the name Sad Boys implies that it's just for the boys, but it's really not. Like, we, we're we people. We should explain a little bit about, like, why we started the show. We started the show because we like talking about things that make us uncomfortable. I absolutely. We like talking about the kind of things that feel resonant and shocking and strange and scary, and we wanted to find an outlet for those. And hopefully, Sad Boys can be a space where uh, people of all gender identities and people of all backgrounds can talk about the things that make them uncomfortable. Yeah, we want Sad Boys to be a place where we don't have all the answers, but we're really curious and we have a lot of questions. And I want this to be a a safe space for for people to just like be themselves, you know. And I think myself, I'm I'm like a really like anxious dude. I'm like always overthinking everything, and I'm always trying to figure out 
what everybody's feeling. So I like bouncing my own feelings off of, of someone else, but it's really hard to engage in those types of conversations with my with my friends. Yeah, I mean, we want Sad Boys to be the kind of show where going forward, we're planning on having some guests, having some potential uh, weird topics, having some fun ideas that we play with, where uh, guests of all backgrounds and all identities and all histories and all perspectives to talk about the things that make them uncomfortable. Because in a weird way, I don't think there's anything that gets you or me more excited than peculiar levels of intimacy. I agree. I I think that we are both particularly candid people and that's not for everyone, but it's for us. And we want this to be for us and for our friends and for our own exploration. And hopefully it's also for you. Hopefully the person that's listening is the kind of person that likes listening to a show or listening into a conversation where suddenly people are exposing parts of themselves that they wouldn't normally. And uh, so often a lot of these shows are celebrity driven, you know, it's the idea of, hey, I'm a celeb and this is the personality I've got and these are the feelings I have. But what uh, we want- I want to do that, though. I OK, so I should take that back. We are having Brad Pitt on the first episode. Yeah. And we're going to get emotional with him. We are going to get emotional with Brad Pitt. But after we get emotional with Brad Pitt, we're going to move back to regular human beings. We're going to move move back to Dad Pitt. <laughs> Dad Pitt, his secret father that no one knows about. Dad Pitt, I mean, you haven't lived until you had a four-hour-long conversation <laughs> with Dad Pitt. But mission-wise, I would say that the goal of Sad Boys is to basically open up a forum where we can have conversations that not only make us uncomfortable, but also make other people uncomfortable. We want to expose people to the feeling of, uh, well, that's challenging, but I'm glad I heard it. I feel like I've grown, you know? Yeah, but also uh, we want to be entertaining. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we'll also just do that because naturally we are comedic geniuses. Yeah, it's fortunate that we're incredibly funny and talented. We should give a quick heads up in that we are 100% perfect. Which is a nice gift. I don't think I've ever made a mistake. Yeah. Which, honestly, it's a, it's a curse at this point. I mean, really, yeah. <laughs> Just let me make one mistake, it, please. I feel so bad for other people. <laughs> I hear they make mistakes, and it's just not for me. Jordan, we should explain who we are. We should explain who we are. Who would like to start, Jarvis? I am an improviser, uh, and, and I guess you could call me a comedian, but... Uh, I wouldn't, but you I could. Wouldn't. Certainly, uh, yeah. I, I'm, if you I'm speak al- English, you could call you a comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could also call me a, a dancer. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that's sure. not my... You could call me a tiny dancer. Yeah. <laughs> you, could, you could pull me closer, tiny dancer. I could pull you closer, and I could call you a tiny little dancer. But, but that would not make it any less true, or any more true. <laughs> Sure. Um, I am also a, a software engineer in, uh, in, in, in San Francisco. Uh, my name's Jordan Cope, and I'm kind of like the cool one, you okay. know? Yeah, I'm like the one that people like. Okay, yeah. Like, no. of the two hosts, I'm like the one that pe- they listen to the podcast and they think, oh, wow, that's a guy I like. Yeah, you know people are going to take sides sure, on yeah. the show. Yeah, because, well, I mean, first off, it's going to blow up. I mean, <laughs> Let's not waste time. It's not going to not blow up. Yeah, I mean, that. it's going to have minimum eight, I mean, uh, eight to nine listeners. No cut question. the red wire, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say that, yeah, I'm definitely the cool one of the group. I'm also, I do like a cool skateboard trick and stuff. <laughs> uh, people don't know you're actually a professional skateboarder. I hate skateboards. Like, they scare me. My Jordan. name's Jordan Cope. And I am a human being. 
uh, I've never heard a more accurate description of yeah. who you are as a person. Not really about my job, Jonas. I'm just a human being. Ah, well, it's great for you to just completely sell me out after I already <laughs> talked about myself. But let's just move on to the next topic. Today, we're going to talk about the 36 questions that lead to love. I Pretty think much. Jordan and I might fall in love during the course of this podcast. I think we're way past love at this point. I think podcast co-host is a step above love. You might be right. <laughs> Every couple shooting for podcast co-host. But first, I want to talk about your week. How has your week been going, Jordan? My week's been pretty good, Jarvis. Um, we've been in Los Angeles, which, if people don't know, is a city in America, which is a country. For those in America, that's Los Angeles. <laughs> just, <laughs> I just wanted to give you a comfortable accent. To, I'm uh, so sorry, Jarvis. That is actually wrong. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm well. afraid it is actually Los Angeles. Um, we've been here for the last few days. Uh, and as a result, I've been exposed to something I want to talk to you about. And I oh. only want to talk to you about it on mic. Oh, wow. Because it's kind, of, it's kind of a unique... You've been saving this. I, I've been storing it up. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> Jarvis Johnson, we've taken a few walks in Los Angeles. We have. Los Angeles. Um, to coffee shops, to, to restaurants, Mostly to pubs. Mostly all Starbucks. Mostly exclusively Starbucks because you can't walk one foot without bumping into a Starbucks. We really wanted to go to like some of the local flavor. There's literally nothing else. There's nothing else. It's literally just Starbucks. And then if you don't go to a Starbucks, people look at you funny. It's bizarre. It's weird. People just made, made fun of me on the street. And it was just because I was drinking coffee from another cafe. Yeah, it was quite strange. While we were walking around, we noticed a, a contingent of things, and you noticed this thing too. Okay. You don't know what I'm going to say. I have no idea what you're going to say. People in LA, which, uh, by the way, is Los Angeles, in uh -huh. case you didn't know, they are so well put together. They, Oh my God, yes. They look amazing. Everyone in LA, you could just like take a photo of them and put them in a magazine. And, and we're not from the North Pole, we're yeah. from San Francisco. San Francisco. Not that far away. It's not that far away, first of all. It's a one-hour flight, and it's a six-hour drive. We're in the same state. They look amazing. I don't understand what it Every is. Every single person, people look incredible in LA. And it's not even like the kind of, oh, well, I better dress to the nines because I'm heading out tonight. It's, it's like I just threw something on and this, I just look like I came out of a fucking I threw on perfection. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We went to Phil's the other day to just do a little bit of work. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I think we dress fine. We dress fine. I think we dress, you know, we care about the clothes we wear. And we looked like we just put on a... A big garbage can. I, we looked like we'd walked out of our door, picked up a garbage can from the street and put it on our body. We looked like we were in a production of Oliver Twist. <laughs> we looked like we were in Stomp, but not playing any music. <laughs> it was crazy. I I don't even know why. We're not in, even in like a particularly trendy part of Los Angeles. I think there might just be something about the Southern California chic yeah. that, that tr like flags our brains as being very stylish. There's something, something that triggers that part of my mind. Yeah, because yeah. while we were walking around Phil's, I was just like, oh, am I allowed to get coffee? Because, well, these people are very handsome. I, yeah, think, yeah. I, I feel like they should be getting coffee. You should serve them first. Please. Hello, sir, would you like my coffee? Everyone's got a crop top on or like some sort of midriff <laughs> situation. Yeah. The I have seen more midriff in the four days we've been in LA than my entire life prior. I've never wanted to do a crunch more. <laughs> 
I've never wanted to in do front of them to prove that I yeah. care about it. I yeah, I really just like felt bad about myself, and I shouldn't because you know like physical like appearance is not the most important thing. But at the same time, I felt like I was surrounded by models. Yeah, it was like hanging out with only Fabio. Yeah. It's just Fabio everywhere. Because then you start to warp your reality and you think everybody's Fabio. It's really bizarre. Yeah. But I wanted to bring that up because it's <laughs> not only is it something slightly bizarre that happened to us, but it feels like a very sad boys topic. This feels like the kind of thing we would have to acknowledge, a weird thing out in the world that makes us feel weird. And yeah. it's okay that we feel weird about it. Yeah. And I think that I felt weird about that, like even when I moved to San Francisco, I was like, oh, all these yeah. people are really put together. And I think that what that taught me is that there's always going to be someone, there's always going to be something. And what resonates the most with people I've found is just being comfortable in your own skin. There's always going to be somebody better looking than you. There's always going to be somebody more talented than you. You moved from uh, Florida. Yeah. Well, well Georgia, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I grew up in Florida. I went to Georgia for school and then I moved out to uh to San Francisco after sure. that. And and yeah, I mean like Florida I SoCal kinda reminds me of Florida in a lot of ways, actually. Yeah. Similar like not the worst parts of the climate, but the uh enough heat where people are like, Oh, maybe I'll wear like a flip flop. You've been to more spaces in uh the US than me. Do you feel like the way that people look in LA is significantly unique. Like, is this a thing that happens elsewhere? Because we've been to LA before. We've I've just never noticed. I don't know. I, why. I noticed when we were at VidCon yeah. in Anaheim. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like, what is going on? Is it just, wait? It it's starting to feel like maybe San Francisco's just gross. <laughs> no, no, no. Do no, we no. just all look like shit in San Francisco? I think maybe I just spent a little bit too much time looking at myself in the mirror. And That's then I'm like, a very wow, good point. Yeah. These people are way better at looking good than I am. Yeah. I'll tell you what I wanted to talk about. Oh yeah. So, uh, my week was like pretty fine. Sure. Um, and I was really looking forward to this trip coming down to SoCal, coming down to LA. And I, I managed to not get any sleep the night before my flight. Yeah. You did an excellent job of getting no sleep. I did an excellent job of getting no sleep. I was doing a great job of drinking Soylent, <laughs> which has become a pastime for when I feel like I've run out of time. You told me the other day that you were drinking Soylent in the shower. And after you said those words to me, I pretty much lost 24 hours. Like it was such a incredibly upsetting image. I lost respect for myself. <laughs> Two weeks ago. <laughs> Before I did it, I just knew Before I was going I did, to do it. I knew it, it was coming. Because uh, I ordered the Soylent on Amazon. <laughs> I was like, I ordered the Soylent and I ordered some Old Spice shower gel and I knew the two were going to meet. I knew the two were going to meet and it was going to be bad. But I was in a very busy headspace. Um, I was really excited to like take a break uh, for the weekend and come down to L.A., and then uh, on Saturday, I had a sketch show on Friday. I like didn't really have much time to get my stuff together to come here. I packed the morning at five. I packed between five and five fifteen a.m. before calling the uh, the Uber to go to the airport. And when I got here, um, I got a notification from Facebook. Oh, yeah, it was my 10 year friend anniversary on Facebook with my friend Russell, who I grew up with in Florida. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. So we we grew up in Florida. We went to different schools. We came out to San Francisco together um, and it was this weird moment because it was like I was sleep deprived. I was in a taxi and I was like reading. I was like watching this like 
video that an algorithm put together. <laughs> but I was crying. Oh, so and I was sweet. like, I was like, how much power have I given to like the algorithm? Yeah. Like a computer was like, it's time for me to do my computer thing. And I felt emotions. Yeah. You got your ass kicked by an AI. I got an AI like controlled my mind. <laughs> it, it's, I, it's time for Jarvis to cry, said Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that was that was weird for me because not only was I like crying, trying to like share this post and being like, it was this really was an important relationship for me. I was sitting there like trying to be like, I've gotta, I've gotta call Jordan and have him come downstairs. I've gotta yeah. wipe these tears away. This Uber driver probably thinks I'm insane. <laughs> Does it feel weird? Like I've, I've, I've heard similar stories in the past where it's like, oh, I just saw the five year anniversary of uh, me and my wife the day we got married. And do you feel like digital representations of memories devalue actual memories, or are they just as valuable? I think for myself. I'm very bad at actual memories. I think that in terms of like what happened to me, I am a person who's always like, oh, you remember that time when we did this thing? And then I'm like, oh, I guess I remember that time. You've reinforced that memory by telling me about it. But I'm not the one who's reminding everybody about the thing that happened in the past. Yeah. And as a result of that, I think that I... I'm just like completely oblivious to these things. And if an algorithm comes around and goes, Hey, like here's some photographs from 2007. And I'm like, 2007 was yesterday. And they're like, no, it was 10 years (laughs) ago. I'm afraid it was actually 700 years ago. And you're going to die tomorrow. I feel like after the, after the new millennium, after the year 2000, every year, like a year in the future, every year now means nothing. Unfortunately. And it, they're only coming faster. Yeah. What I I could have sworn years used to be 365 days long, they and now they them. appear to be less than a day. You know, and there's a reason for that, and it's the the relativistic nature of time. Uh, uh, or it's the freaking economy. Or it's the economy. <laughs> I don't want to get into that now. But. I think you might be uh, uh, you might be conflating the uh, economic performance of the pound <laughs> with our perception of time. Now's not the time to insult my culture that I hate, Jarvis. Now's the time to talk about our topic for the day. Well, every week, Jordan and myself and perhaps a guest are going to take a funny and biting and uh, emotionally distressing look at the uncomfortable realities that make us us. Yeah, that's kind of the goal of the podcast. And as a kickoff to the show, we thought we would do this fun little Q&A where we found a series of questions. Jarvis, remind me where these questions are from. Jordan? Yes. I'm lonely. I can tell. And the New York Times... In the fashion and style section, Mm -hmm. in the modern love subsection of that section. (laughs) My favorite subsection. (laughs) Daniel Jones wrote an article, and the article was titled The 36 Questions That Lead to Love. Yeah. This is a list. Which Dan knows. Dan knows what leads to love. Okay. Dan has solved love. He's had hundreds of marriages. He's New Game Plus on love. (laughs) He's cracked the Konami code on love. He's had a... (laughs) So essentially there are these 36 questions that can increase the intimacy between two strangers and potentially accelerate their relationships with one another. Sounds great. 
Yeah, so I have chosen a subset of these questions. I've chosen four of the 36. Okay. And I'm going to ask them to you. Normally, you're supposed to alternate, but I want to... Uh, <laughs> I've done this before. <laughs> right. And I, I, I want to bring this to you, Jordan Cope, and see how you respond to questions meant to bring you closer to your partner. That's interesting. Well, I, so I've never seen these questions. I'm, I'm, I don't really know what the tone of them is or what like the general mission of them is. Uh, question ready, one, do you I'm love I'm ready me? to be surprised. Um, <laughs> what's the real question? <laughs> not ready to answer that one. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. That's not the real question. All right, first question. Hit me. What would constitute a perfect day for Jordan Cope? Wow. We, uh, in this scenario, are we saying that the I have the resources to have any day that I want? Or are you have we the talking resources in my life? to have any, like basically you are architecting the perfect day. Ooh, wow. Okay. And infinite money? Is that the scenario? Infinite money. <sighs> but I'm, ostensibly, this is about relationships. So sure. the perfect day for you, like when you're with a partner, yeah, yeah. Or or when you're by yourself, but like probably with about the means that you have now. Totally. Um I would say my perfect day uh, every single time I get up on a weekend, like actually get up at a reasonable time as opposed to, you know, 5 p.m. Right, right. <laughs> uh I feel really really positive if, if I wake up early. Uh so I'd wake up early. I'd take a stroll around the neighborhood. I'd take in the sights. And then the thing that changes a day from mediocre day to a really good day for me is accidentally bumping into somebody I know. Oh, really? Yeah. It's got, and it, I don't want a long conversation because by God, I don't give a shit about what's going on in your life. Do not right. care about that at all. Do not Just tell me. bumping. I want the very, I want me to wake up and like, oh, fuck it, fucking, oh my God, another day for Jordan Cope. Jesus Christ. I get out of my bed. Oh, half a shower. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. oh I've run out of shower gel again. Oh my God. Oh, this toothbrush sucks. And, and I finally get out of my apartment. I head downstairs. I leave my apartment. I'm in a bit of a mood because it's okay. a Saturday. I'm not sure how to take it on. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then I bump into Jarvis. I bump into Molly. I jump into James. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. suddenly they're a human at me. Yeah. Like that's a treat for me. I Somebody's see, I see. a human at me. Yeah. And I go, hmm. Yeah. I guess it's all right after all. And then like I meet their level. I engage with them and I continue along with my day. After I bump into that person, perfect day for me is like doing something mildly creative and then playing a dangerous amount of Overwatch. Okay. I like that. For I sure. like that. I don't want to slap labels on you, but you're a person who interactions with other people drain you of energy. Yeah. I, I, in a very traditional sense, I'm an introvert. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, and, and not in the negative way. I, totally. I value spending time with other people, which I mean, is the whole reason I started a podcast about doing that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not, rejuvenating for me to bump into somebody what it is is uh, stimulating like if i were to bump into somebody in the street then suddenly oh my god i'm getting all of these feelings and you're filling right, me up right. with feelings and then when we separate i get to utilize those feelings i get that you know uh, okay yeah i'm gonna take those feelings and i'm gonna do something with them i'm gonna do some great grocery shopping or i'm gonna just do a <laughs> i'm gonna go for a run you know just something this reminds me of like when you're in a like a jumbo jet and another jet comes to like fuel you up <laughs> it's exactly like yeah, that yeah, yeah. And it's not like a very long-lived relationship. Yeah, I've already taken off. Yeah, yeah. I've my, my I've left the runway and yeah, I'm in yeah. the air, and I'm like, well, I'm a little rock, rickety. 
Okay. There's a bit of uh, turbulence. Right. And then somebody careens in, gives me the fuel I require, and then exits. Yeah. Oh, my God. The exit 10 is out of 10. crucial. Oh, lovely. I and- found myself. I feel dread. Now, I, I, I'm somewhere between the the traditional introvert and the traditional extrovert. Sure. Uh, I'm someone who definitely like loses energy if I'm exclusively interacting with other people yeah. uh, in particularly draining situations. But I'm also someone who appreciates time to themselves, but can't do it forever. Yeah. Uh, sure. You know, but I feel dread when I imagine having to spend an entire day or even longer than I had hoped with someone in a physical interaction. <laughs> sure. Like today we were meeting with somebody who we liked. Yeah. And I was nervous when it continued to go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it was like it's there's just no like saving that that's the me. weird thing about spending time with people you like yeah is that, do you ever get that thing where uh you've maybe thrown a house party or something yeah, like yeah. that and it's been going on for maybe four or five hours right you're like this was so fun and i consciously chose to have this thing happen at what point can i say i've had enough fun this was so fun I've, but get I'm, the fuck out of my face <laughs> I'm filled up. Yeah. <laughs> you, my fuel. That's like if the plane was flying next to you, and now the fuel's just spilling below yeah, you yeah, onto yeah. the people below you. Because like, I'm my tank is full. We can separate again. No, it's like if uh, they they came to refill your plane, and then after you filled up, they were just there, and they were like, "What's up?" And it's like, <laughs> I just want a friend. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't. The fuel was no longer entering your plane. They're just like, yeah. So do you enjoy clouds or like you yeah, like yeah, flying, like, right? How do you like, it's kind of crazy. We're at 40,000 feet right now. Like that's pretty wild. What about you, Jarvis? What's your perfect day? Oh, okay. So my perfect day is, you know, honestly, like these, the perfect day for me is the perfect day that I know. I've definitely sure. had, uh, per, like I've had amazing days that played out in a way that I couldn't have expected. But this is like when I wake up on a Saturday and I'm like, how do I want to seize the day? Yeah. Um, and the way that I want that to go down is like, I need my coffee. I always need my coffee. No, don't even talk to me until I've had my coffee. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, you could talk to me. And you wear that t-shirt every day. I wear I wear a black t-shirt with white text that says, don't even don't talk, even to, talk me to me until I've, had, until my I've had my coffee. So I have my coffee. And then I, usually that involves like going to Phil's or going sure. to another coffee shop that's near my apartment. Which is kind of like a nice trial version of bumping into somebody you know. Oh, exactly. Because it's not somebody you know, but it's somebody you mm, kind of know. It's a familiar exercise. Yeah, it's like watching a TV show you've seen before. Yeah, I I go knowing full well I have coffee beans at my apartment and it means to make coffee (laughs) on my own. But I want to interact with people and I think coffee is like a great connector for that. Um, and, and usually I want to write on a weekend. Like sure. usually I want to have like some sort of creative output. So I like try to find, uh, I try to find the time for that. And then maybe a little bit of, uh, watching television, maybe a little bit of watching YouTube, maybe catch up on the, the most recent SNL if it's like a Sunday. Yeah. Nothing wrong um, with indulging a little bit. I go to my, um, you know, Jordan, I, I live on top of a Irish pub. You sure do. And I often go there on weekends for, for brunch. And it's weirdly, it's very similar to the Phil's experience. Like I, I, I love having the like awkward dialogue with the people who work there and they, they know me and they're, they're just like, you know, 
how's it going? And they take an interest in my life. They're like, what's going on? We've noticed X and Y. And I'm like, this is cool. I really like feeling like I'm in the sitcom right now. How long have you lived above that pub? I've lived above that pub for about three years. I'm curious. At what, uh, this was kind of, I guess like kind of a broad scale question. Have, do you feel like you've hit the cap of what your relationship with those people can be? You know, I thought I had, but it continues to change. Like, that's rec- great. Recently, I, I yeah, so. no, uh, recently I was like drinking coffee there and I was like, do you guys have takeaway cups? And they were like, just take the mug up. And I was like, oh, wow. I can just like leave with the mug. Okay, the so you mug? basically work there. Yeah, like they've yeah, officially was, let you in. Yeah, they were like, oh, you're looking for roommates. You know, like this girl who works at the bar is looking for a roommate. Wow. Looking for a roommate. And I was like, oh, I actually filled all my spots. But I was like, would I? Thanks for pushing me in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I think that's like pretty cool. No, I, that's it's a barrier that I have at my, uh, a few of my local spots right now. I'm like, oh, I like coming here, but I feel like we've plateaued. Our relationship is not developing. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and, you know, it doesn't need to, but I I definitely appreciate like what I have there. So, yeah, that's my perfect day. And I'm lucky to say that I have it my way. Very nice. How many times did you rehearse that? Six. <laughs> thousand times all right jordan i have another question for you hit me up the next question is for what in your life do you feel most grateful wow and i just want to say uh if you are playing along at home feel free to throw us your answers on twitter at sad boys pod with a z with a z because we're cool because we couldn't find anything else. <laughs> because it's better for SEO. Um, uh, the thing I'm most grateful for, I think I would probably lean somewhere towards, I mean, broad scale speaking, health. Okay. Like, I'm very fortunate in the fact that I don't really have any really heavy health blockers that I have to deal with on a daily basis. You right. know, everybody has their things here and there, but occasionally you'll meet somebody and you're like, wow, you have to accommodate everything around this. Yeah, honestly, I think that that's something that people take for granted. Like, have you ever had a cold and then been like, wow, I really didn't appreciate that time when I didn't have a cold, you know, yeah. most of my life. I really do miss breathing through both nostrils. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I enjoy feeling like I'm going to live. Hey, Jarvis, you want to come to a party? Oh, I can't. My throat is bad. I just can't leave the house. I can't even breathe. <laughs> yeah, this is over. I'm not Jarvis anymore. If I'm I don't a- sit up straight with chicken noodle soup, then I'm not a boy. <laughs> I'm not a boy anymore. I'm simply a puddle of sad. I'm, yeah, merely a puddle of sadness. And I think that that is like those moments of gratitude, like in your sickness, are like the only glimmers of yeah, like health gratitude that you really get. So I think it's like. You know, comforting to me that that you're thinking of that like foremost when it comes to to gratitude. Yeah, I have this uh, routine. Uh, this show is all about weird exposing intimacy. So I'm going to say something that I, I don't tell really anyone because it's a thing that I just do by myself. And now you're telling. I was going to say all of us, but let's be clear. I'm the only listener. I mean, let's be clear. 700,000 listeners minimum on the pilot. Let's not beat minimum around the bush. Minimum on the pilot. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like the pilot really can only hold 300 people in his plane. We tweeted at Malcolm Gladwell to shout out the podcast, and I assume he already has, right? I like, assume I would be he and his upset. curly locks have already shouted out the podcast. Fingers crossed. Heavens. We'll just at a bunch of people. Brad Pitt, do you, do you enjoy sad boys? Before the episode comes out, we'll just at him and be do like, hey. Sad did boys? you enjoy sad boys? Sad's boys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt and Dad Pitt, probably. Brad Pitt and Dad Pitt, and his, his son, Dad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, Brad Pitt and Dad Pitt will likely appreciate that. 
But a thing that I do uh, when I'm just hanging out at home, if I ever get sick or even if I just feel like a little bit nauseous, I'm really bad at feeling nauseous. I don't have a process for it. Mm. So what I'll do is I'll lie in the bathtub and I will just turn on the shower. That's it. I'll just let the water hit me and I'll just get into it. And the whole time. Oh, you're I'm, in the shower. I thought you'd like turn down, turn on the shower. Just for, like, for the, noise. the white noise. I don't hate the white noise, but I, I'll, it's not bad. I'll, I'll get into the shower. I'll turn it on. I'll just let the water hit me. And I'll, every single time I do that, even if I'm just a teensy bit nauseous, I'll think to myself, wow, this sucks. And it rules that I don't feel like this all the time. Right, right. It rules that I can stand up after the shower, make a cup of tea play a video game like all of these 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 yeah, uh, things you take for granted i have mobility i have health i have consistency like that's a very privileged position to be in definitely of all those things i feel most grateful for the fact that i don't have to think about things like that mm. at no point if i had to say like when i moved to the states for example i never had to say like well when i moved to the states ugh, how am i going to be able to last that 12 hour flight am i going to get sick like no i'm pretty functional overall i'm a functional person and i think too often that is taken for granted that's a great answer I thanks like that. dude that was the right answer now what's your wrong answer well my answer is i'm really grateful for my fat stacks of cash <laughs> money <laughs> Um, no, I, I think that I'm most grateful for, uh, this is kind of cliche, but like my friends, Sure. I, uh, I won't get into it on this episode, but I come from a fairly non-traditional family background. And if it weren't for my people in my life, like looking out for me and looking out for my, my well-being and my future and giving me information that I did not have access to otherwise, or didn't know where to look otherwise, I don't know that I would be where I am today. And yeah. I think that like, uh, and I'm still connected with a lot of those people and I'm just like so, so grateful for the role they played in my life. It's like, these aren't people that I, that I talk to every day. These aren't people that I think about every day. But when I think about what I'm really grateful for and what I think about and what I think had the most impact on my current position in life, it's, it's those people. Yeah. But the, the weird thing about like finding a network of people that aren't familiarly obliged to be your friend, like they have no biological obligation to yeah. like you or be kind to you. That's kind of the greatest uh, privilege, right? Yeah. It's like, because, what are you here for? <laughs> you must genuinely give something of a shit, right? Yeah, it's weird. And I don't want to discount anybody who doesn't have those kind of people in their lives because- they're out there. Yeah. And you I can guess, find those people. Yeah. And I think the reason that I'm grateful for it is because I'm aware that not everyone has that. Yeah. And, and it I, took a little while to find. Absolutely. Know, yeah. It's like it, it definitely, especially or even to recognize what it was mm -hmm. um, because it's very easy to have that and start and take it for granted and not really realize it for the, the asset that it is. Most definitely. Yeah. And it's I, especially surprising because you are pretty unlikable. Like yeah. you're not like a good person at all. I'm a devil in sheep's clothing. You're a, you're a, a devil in devil's clothing. It's very clear to me that you're not I'm, a good guy. I wear Prada. <laughs> devil. I'm, a, I'm devil a devil and, and I wear Prada. That would be pretty shocking if one day the devil actually walked the earth and it turns out he genuinely wears Prada and it's not like, you know, an ironic thing. He just thinks it looks good. Yeah. And I mean, like, what did Prada do other than make a dope product? <laughs> Yeah, don't put the blame on Prada. Yeah, you can't blame Prada for, <laughs> for the, the devil, devil wearing it. <laughs> the devil knows what he likes. Exactly. Um, so Hit me with that. Jarvis Johnson.
Yes. Hit me with that nasty third question. Are you ready for the three of four? Fill me up. The uh, the 75% question. Oh, yeah. If a crystal... This one's getting a little bit fantasy-like. Okay. If a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? Like, what's the topic I would choose? Like, you've got this crystal ball. mirror on the wall, what's the X of them all? Yeah, I mean, like, you've got a crystal ball, you've got access to this, but, but a... a, a like presumably it's limited. Yeah. And so you can ask it one thing about your own life. Like it's not even about like, cause now I understand the desire to be selfless in this situation, but you have to be selfish in this situation. So, sure. so what this is the thing I want to know about my life in the future or what's like the, I yeah. can, I can, I, okay. In the future. What's the thing I want to know about what Jordan's up to? Yeah. I mean, not to be crass, but did OJ do it? I mean, <laughs> is that is that one that I can ask? I mean, yeah, that's one thing you can ask <laughs> in the future. Great, but I don't know that any new information will be introduced. Wait, wait no, I'll ask the crystal ball. Did OJ do it again? Did uh, he ever go for it again? That might be a waste. <laughs> I mean, it's topical because OJ did just get out of prison, and SNL did an, ama- uh, an amazing sketch, with, a dynamite sketch with uh, with with Kenan Thompson and Gal Gadot about OJ Simpson. But and shout outs to Kenan, he plays a dynamite OJ. Kenan Thompson is a national treasure, yeah, and we are taking him for granted. And nobody expected that. Nobody was ready for Kenan Thompson to be everyone's favorite. You know what really upset me? Yeah. Uh, so Kenan Thompson came to Georgia Tech, my alma mater. Wow. And he did a like sort of it was more a Q&A stand up thing. Like he just was like, hey, I'm going to be on stage. Sure. And I'm going to be present and I'm going to answer your questions. I'm going to talk to you. And everyone just kept asking about Kel. What? That made me so upset. Not even. Wait. Kept asking about Kel. They yeah, didn't just get it out in one question. They were just like, where's, where's Kel? Kel? We where's don't know. Kel? And then it's over. Yeah. And he's like, I still talk to Kel, but like, and Kel's still working in the industry. But Keenan has made an incredible career all on his own. And the fact that like most people are like just being nostalgic and are like, oh, well, where's the, the ha- other half of like my childhood? Yeah. And it's like, dude, like. Hollywood is hard. Like, can we not celebrate like Keenan really just being really just like somehow conquering Hollywood? Like he has been on SNL. He is the longest tenured member of Saturday Night Live. We should mention this is the Keenan cast. This, this is, is half sad boys, half Keenan cast. This is the Keenan cast. We hope one day we'll get Keenan Thompson on the show. Can you fucking imagine? I game over. I do don't think maybe this is my hubris speaking. Okay. But I do not think it's out of the realm of possibility that one day we talk to Keenan Thompson. One day if <laughs> if at the end of every single episode a call to action is that everybody that listens tweets at Keenan <laughs> says, "Why aren't you on Sad Boys yet?" Yeah, I mean like sure, we'll we'll have to be successful for a while until Keenan takes notice. Wait, but- no. Here's the tweet. After every single time you listen to Sad Boys, and the episode ends. You send a tweet to Keenan, and the content of the tweet is, why do you hate me? Hashtag sad boys. Or is it, who loves orange soda? Oh, right. Kel loves orange soda. <laughs> what happened to Kel? <laughs> Has anybody asked lately? No one's asked. It's like people act like they don't know what Google is. 
<laughs> As if they like, Hi, my name's Keenan Thompson, aka Secret Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you ask questions that the answer is available on yeah. the internet. He has an IMDb page, presumably, right? Yeah, he has a Twitter. A Twitter, yeah, which is way more up to date. He's trying to reach the world, and everybody else is going through Keenan Thompson. Everybody else is trying to get to him. He's trying to be famous again. Get together, be a team. For some reason, there's a mismatch. You just can't get these two groups of people together. The supply and the demand are not able to find each other. Yeah, apparently a pretty significant portion of Georgia Tech wants to see Cal again. And Cal's more than willing to find a new audience. I was upset at my my fellow classmates in that moment. (laughs) But Jordan... You uh, you dodged. I did. What's my? I'm looking for my crystal ball fact or event, right? Yeah. Looking- what does Jordan Cope want to know about his own future? He has to ask something. Sure. Um, I'd like to know whether or not. Hmm. Well, the part that scares me is that I don't want to know anything that affects my life up until that point, you know? Uh, let's just say that you get this answer, mm-hmm. and then reality snaps back to before you got the answer. Oh, we snap back to reality. Oops, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes rabbity chokes. He's so mad, but he won't give up that easy. Okay, well, in that case... <laughs> well, in that case... um, I would probably want to know whether or not... I lived in America for the rest of my life. Oh. Yeah. I'm kind of curious oh. about that. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Um, I mean, a big part of it is like, well, I would like to, but there are circumstances that could happen uh, in the next, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah, totally. I suddenly decide, okay, maybe this isn't the space for me because right now I've been here two years and I feel like I want to be here for the rest of my life. Right, right. I would be so curious and I guess I can't ask I can't ask follow-up questions, right? I can't. Well, I don't know the answers. (laughs) Uh, Well, like, I mean, like, what is going to happen? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I guess I'll ask the crystal ball, am I going to stay in America forever? Because that, to me, is indicative of the kind of life I choose to live. So, yeah, I would ask that. How about you, my sweet baby boy, Jarvis? You know, it's really interesting that you gave the answer you did because I realized that I have no questions about where I will be. Like, I assume that I will be in the United States for the majority of my life. There was a time when I thought I might go live abroad for some time, but I'm fairly certain I'll stick around in the States for the majority of my life. Yeah, and well, I mean, you're banned from most countries. But a man can dream, you know? (laughs) Sure. Uh, But I I sort of realized my, you know, your position is that you immigrated here. Like, I did. In a way. Like, you caught me. Is that immigrating? I, I kind of feel a little bit ignorant. No. Nope. Immigrating is just when you come from another place <laughs> legally. <laughs> yeah. No, emigrating is when you leave a country to come to another country. This yeah. isn't like a special code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just wanted to, I just wanted to make sure that I was like. Emigrating is actually a dance that only immigrants <laughs> know. It's a secret dance. It's when you sing Eminem lyrics a lot. Yeah. And it's really grating. To your peers. It's it's actually funny. It's immigrating. That's more than enough. But it, it's funny that you bring that up. Because actually the last time I was in LA, uh, I was in a lift. And uh, the person up front was just asking me about my life and my background. And uh, I just said to them, oh yeah, I'm an immigrant. I just dropped that line. Because, you know, personally I'm, I'm trying to destigmatize the I word. As some right, call it. right. You know, like. I'm trying to destigmatize the idea of this very practical term. I being idea. I being a 
<laughs> but uh, this uh, Lyft driver specifically said to me, uh, so where are you from specifically? And I said, oh, I'm from I'm from England and I'm from sort of the West Midlands, a nice spot, nice spot. And uh, yeah, I'm an immigrant. I moved here two years ago. And the second I said the word immigrant, the dude starts to slow down his car and he turns, no joke, and says, but like, legally, like like you're here legally, right? Like, yeah, legally. yeah. Because the word immigrant has become completely synonymous with illegal. Like, yeah, it it's is like, the- I knew the definition, but for some reason, I felt like I needed to clarify. This is like a, this Lyft driver too, was like a 20 year old kid. Uh, f- uh, pretty like a relatively diverse background. Pretty cool kid yeah, in a yeah. band. Super liberal beliefs. This was not. I didn't get fucking. I didn't get a drive from Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. are you from here? Like, no. He R- was, Rush Limbaugh often drives Lyft. He does that part time <laughs> to he, listen he, to his own show. He does that while he's recording his show. <laughs> yeah, but I was genuinely shocked by that. The idea that somebody would. Of our demo, air quotes, our demo, yeah, yeah, would be as astigmatized to the term immigrant. Yeah, well, there's that, uh, there's that Daily Show Hassan Minaj. Uh, it was a like gun week in Alabama. Oh yeah, and and Hassan Minaj goes as a correspondent to buy a gun, and the guy is like, "Well, I mean, like, I don't know. You could be in ISIS, and it's like, well." <laughs> First of all, wrong part of the world. Yeah, and uh, second, statistically, anyone could be in yeah, ISIS. Yeah, anyone, yeah, <laughs> I don't know like, what their application process is like, but presumably, if you try hard enough. <laughs> also, this is the one guy who looks like an Indian boy band member. <laughs> yeah, it's so bizarre. I, Probably I, not the like image that that ISIS is going for. But yeah, that's 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 been a very unique experience over here. That would be yeah, partially one of the reasons I'd want to ask about whether or not I would be here for the rest of my life, or at least a significant number of years from this special crystal ball. Right, is because, <laughs> dude, I want to know what happens. In the next five years, I want to know how buck wild the immigration situation gets in. Like, yeah, I-, I mean, I just, I honestly just want everything to be okay because I want to go back to imagining things optimistically. Yes. Like, like I used to dream for things that were just purely selfish. Yeah. And now because like the baseline of like my imagination has been thrown out, I now have to be like, well, I hope everyone is okay. Yeah. Like I, cause now that's not like a thing that I could get like guaranteed anymore. I think we will look back on 2016 as the year where we went, Oh, sometimes we don't win. Yeah. Sometimes Skeletor does win the episode of He-Man. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it ends with him laughing, He-Man limping back cause he kicked his ass. Like it changed the way that I approach optimism. Yeah. Now yeah. I think about, oh, it would be really, really nice if I were to get a green card and everything was kind of okay. Yeah. As opposed to, well, in a couple of years, everybody will get a green card. It will be very, very easy. Everybody will have healthcare. Everybody will have a jetpack and superpowers. No. Things yeah. aren't perfect and anymore. And we'll all be the CEO of a million dollar company. we will be a CEO of the same company. Like, yeah. I don't envision the world, I don't envision us as on the path to the perfect world anymore, which right. I think is why the crystal ball question is so uh, uh, insightful. Right. Because, damn, I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, honestly, if this is a show about getting weird, my big question to the crystal ball would be, is there nuclear war? Yeah. Did we make it the next 20 years? Like, are yeah, we still yeah. around? It's like, um, 
I, I almost want to jokingly attribute it to uh, Mark Twain, but it, I can't remember who it actually is. But it's like, I don't know what weapons World War Three will be fought with, but World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, that's that's fearful. Like, I, I fear that, you know, like, and, but I put it out of my mind. It's not like a thing that cripples me from doing anything. It's like, I can't take another bite of these these cinnamon toast crunch because this emotional cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah. This, the emotional, the, the cinnamon toast crunch of life, because who knows what's next? See, I wonder about that because I feel the same way, but at the same time, I sort of wonder what it would take for me to not be comfortable. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I feel like I default to, uh, it's probably going to be okay. Right. I, I, yeah. I, like I, Donald Trump tweets out, Hey everyone, I fucking hate Kim Jong-il. Here's a drawing I did of him. What an idiot. Here are the nuclear launch codes. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Yeah. And I go like, oh, well, you know, something, I'll be fine. It's cool. I enjoy my, you know, life. Everything will be okay. Every time. Nothing scares me as much as it should. Yeah. And I I think that's like a privilege that we have. And I want to make sure that it doesn't like breed a, a... sort of bystander effect oh it it absolutely does yeah 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 and 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 i think that it's kind of like another quote i'm quoting everything without knowing who said the thing (laughs) sure Uh, at that point i don't even think it's a quote that's just your thought i don't don't have to attribute them it's officially your thought uh uh, that's not what they said when i got kicked out of secondary school That was, I tried to localize that joke Oh, for thank you. you for that. That was helpful. Uh, that's not what happened when I got kicked out of high school. Uh, <laughs> this is great. Now it's an international podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're international. Um, so so the quote is, uh, well, I don't know the quote, but uh, the basis of it was, you know, when they came for this group, I didn't say anything. When they came for this group, I didn't say anything. Sure. When they came for me, there was no one else left to speak for me. And I don't want to be that. Uh, so I'm trying to find the, the, the balance, but it's really hard to, uh, it's a really hard line to toe. You know, it's not a position that I am comfortable being in because it's not a, suddenly I a, need to be an activist and I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know, and I'm not comfortable with it. And I'm really bad at dealing with things I'm not comfortable with. Sure. And, yeah, it's it's a tough uh, it's a tough situation to navigate. It feels a little bit like uh, you've watched Red Dawn. No, so Red Dawn is a movie all about. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's kind of a shitty movie with some pretty dubious politics at play. But the basic premise of the movie is that the U.S. gets invaded, and a bunch of teens uh, in this in the United States are all like, "We've got to take up arms to defend our local town," and blah blah blah. Right. And there's like a, a section, or rather, like a consistent theme throughout the movie of certain characters not really being equipped to take on this environment but like Mm. having to push through their hesitations and be a true patriot and all that kind of stuff and i feel like we're not that far from that yeah from in like an emotional perspective just sort of like well i wasn't really equipped to be emotionally ready to fight and like have all of these deep feelings i thought things were going my direction we had a black president and i was feeling pretty great about that and now all of a sudden things are going pretty sharply downhill yeah we had a president who was literally the same racial background as both of as us. As both of us. I was like, oh, well, this is a hard thumbs. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, it's hard. Um, And I don't think that it being hard is like an excuse for inaction. Sure. But, but it is definitely, it is certainly not something where I felt like on the, on the you know, drop of a hat, I know exactly how I need to deal. Sure. You know what I mean? And, and that's something that I 
am learning to navigate as time goes on. Jordan, now I feel very silly because I thought of my answer before we discussed this topic. Oh, you're prepped. And I feel a little bit silly. Well, we can make it sound like you're actually a lot smarter than you are by me asking you the question, then you immediately hitting me with a very advanced and very smart answer. No, I think it's mostly just that we were talking about this very deep subject. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be very not deep. Oh, that's easy for me. Well, it was about this, like, you know, look into a crystal ball. And suddenly we talked <laughs> about like, it's a magic question. We talked about the world. And, and now I, I just I my mind was scoped a little bit differently. <laughs> That's uh, fair, yeah. uh, it's like, yeah, now now I, I do want to know if it's OK. I do want to know if things like turn out fine. But um, well, I've got that covered. So I'll tell you. Presumably we both get to look into the crystal ball. I'll just tell you about all the heavy stuff. And your your thing that you'll look for is. Like, do I find happiness? That's your question to the crystal ball. Yeah, I'm mostly curious about, like, whether or not, overall, the whole thing works out. Well, see, I'm curious, because what's the answer the crystal ball could give you that would satisfy you, right? Uh, Like, would yes give you... Are you happy with that? Honestly, yeah. I think yes would, like, validate all of my decisions moving forward and, like... I'd be able to, it's, it's a little bit of a cheat code. Like, I don't know that I could know, like I basically should live my life assuming that I know the answer and it's yes, Mm. because I'm, you know, I'm a person who's like very obsessed with like their own personal growth. And, uh, this is like the general, like trying to understand how to be happy has been a journey of mine, uh, for a long time. And I, I mostly am curious, like, you know, if I'm if I'm focusing only on myself. Um, and also, I think the question was originally scoped to being about yourself. And you, you, Mr. Selfless, went over and made it about the world. Yeah, unfortunately, yet again, uh, I've been pretty selfless. I guess you could call me something of a hero. Yeah, and I guess I'm I mean, some- I wouldn't call myself a hero, but you should. OK, well, I'm something of a narcissist, I guess. And 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 yeah, so I think that in the event that you were telling me about the world stuff, <laughs> Um, I am super curious about whether or not I'm able to achieve the, 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 like the personal growth goals that I'm going for. But as I'm saying that out loud, I realize I should just treat my life as if I know the answer and it's yes. Yeah. I feel like the hack to life overall, I say this like something that's fucking cracked the code. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Barely at all. Still working out, out as I go. But I feel like a good first step, regardless of what your industry, passion, presence, goal is, right. should be to say, well, I'm going to treat it as, the, as though I already got it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a really good way to live. I, I think that in a lot of ways, I should treat my life as if it's the best thing in the world. Like, because yeah. I because I feel so privileged. I'm so I'm so lucky. I'm so fortunate. And it really is great that I'm in that position. Um, so I should just embrace that. Sure. And so maybe I will. Maybe we maybe we made some progress here tonight. <laughs> maybe Jarvis has found his place in the world. Maybe finally I've figured out my place in the world. And now if you ever see me get, you know, upset or anything, be like, huh, you were supposed to have figured <laughs> Did out. Did you life. not hear the podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you recorded that stuff. You cracked it, Jarvis. No more sadness ever for any reason. So I've one final question. Oh my god, I'm scared. Don't know. Uh, for those following along at home, uh, of the 36 questions, I chose 4, 9, 13, and now we're asking 19. The, the questions at the very end are 
very specific to couples. <laughs> so yeah. I did not get, I did not ask those for that us. That can make for an interesting follow-up episode. Yeah, yeah. But this is on theme. This is on brand for uh for the topics that we've been discussing. Great. And it I, it might get the deepest so far. Hit me. If you knew that in one year you would die suddenly. Okay. Would you change anything about the way you were now living? I should explain. I did not hear these questions beforehand. I'm, I'm raw. I'm open. I'm fresh. I'm unrehearsed, baby. I knew them, and I'm. You're doing great, and I'm still fumbling over them. You're, you're talking. You're basically the Dalai Lama of answers, and I'm like <laughs> the fucking like. What's up, everybody? It's me, the Dalai Lama of answers. <laughs> yeah, I'm just over here, Mister Id. I'm the Dalai Lama, and you're the Dolly Parton. Uh, wow. Okay. This is well. a joke for us. <laughs> Uh, um, you're the Dalai Lama and I'm just like Mr. Id. I'm just like looking out <laughs> for my own self-interest and I feel horrible about myself. If I knew I was going to die in 365 days, what would I change about my life? That's correct. I, I mean, I feel like the first thing I would do is try and clear up all the loose ends. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like I would find all of the things that either I was planning on resolving in 20, 30 years and I would just wrap them up arguments that I had or tensions I have with family members where I was planning on kind of letting them die down and instead say, nope, we have to talk about these. We're ending them now. I would spend 365 days going around meeting all my school bullies, all the people that I didn't like throughout my life and saying, look, coming this summer to Lionsgate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like uh, probably a very common thing that people feel when they're lying in their deathbed is damn, I should have resolved X, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll be honest, when you first said I uh, will accomplish all these things that I was saving for like later in life, I was like, oh, so you're just going to be like rich and famous. No, no, no. I I am not nearly skilled, smart, or likable enough to be actually successful. The one thing I can do is go around and apologize. (laughs) I can run around the country and apologize to all the people I screwed over. Very English response, I feel. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so sorry, my my lord. <laughs> Hello there. Oh, I, I, hey, you don't know me. We we haven't seen each other since primary school, but my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry for being the person I was. I feel like that's how we need to end the episode of Sad Boys. To me uh, saying sorry. sorry. <laughs> yeah, we just need to apologize because honestly, like we didn't go into this knowing what we were doing. Not at really. all. Free ball. And and we're just trying to get somewhere that is fulfilling for us and also entertaining and fulfilling for other people. Yeah, I, I think when we when we came up with the idea for the podcast, we both knew that we're perfectionists and we're people that overanalyze every single step of every single process. Yeah. And one important thing for us about doing this podcast was that we just have to do it. Right now, I am sitting on the floor of our hotel room that we're sharing at a event that's over in non-optimal weather in Los Angeles, California, when we're both kind of tired, have eaten sugary meals and are feeling a bit woozy. We've been up forever. You're sick. And we thought to ourselves, do we record it now? Do we record it later? When do we do this thing? And we just said, damn, we have to try. We have to just do it. We have to just get the ball rolling. Yeah, I think it's so important. I think that there's never going to be a perfect time. Yeah. And, and the exercise of doing it, the exercise of trying is, is always going to be viable. And 
This is like when you go to the gym for the first time ever, and then you leave and you're like, I'm so sore. That was so hard. Why would anybody do that? Yeah. And then you go back the second time, and you're like, ah, it's not that bad, I guess. Yeah, so I'm already excited to come back for the second time, but I'm sorry for this first I'm time. I'm so sorry for you, the listener, having to experience our big, stretchy muscles. This is the episode zero. This is the the secret episode zero, yes. Yeah, uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna answer the question. Hit me, Jarvis. Uh, if I knew that in one year I would die suddenly, would you change anything about the way you're now living? Why? Well, this is kind of a stupid I, question. I, I want to add a, a, a tiny little addendum to the uh, context of the question. You don't just die suddenly. You get the minute of your death. You, you, you can count down. You can put up a big uh, widescreen TV that indicates the seconds you have left till you die. Okay, so if you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, down to the minute, mm-hmm. would you change anything about the way you are now living and why? And so this is a silly question to me. I think, of course, I would change how I'm living. My entire life right now is built on the fact that on I'm long term investment. Yeah, it's built on long term <laughs> investment. Yeah, I have savings accounts. I cash in that four hundred one k. I have a career, <laughs> a career that is based on the fact that I'm not going to die this year. <laughs> I think like that's, most careers. I think that that's like a beauty of human existence that we are all assuming <laughs> that we keep going. Yeah, pretty safe assumption, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. You think like on average it's a safe assumption, so we all have to behave that way. That is that is a thing that almost every person is assuming that I won't die this year. Yeah. You ha- you have to, because otherwise your existence is, you know, whatever this question yeah. is implying. The, if there's one takeaway we want from this podcast episode, it's that we want every single listener to go out into the street, walk up to a stranger and say, you don't think you're going to die this year, right? Oh, I, I thought it was just I want all the listeners to not die this year. Oh, no, I don't care about that. Oh, okay. Well, no, no interest in the listeners. Oh, wait, no, wait, that's going to reduce the ad money. Actually, yeah, stay alive. I love all the listeners. Yeah, and this, this podcast is sponsored by life. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by endurance. And life, the board game. And life. Yeah, we're trying to get some exposure for life. Yeah, yeah. The game we, of life. Yeah, yeah. The game of life is very similar to the game of life, the real thing. This episode is sponsored by uh, the latest seasons of uh, Game of Thrones, which is the perfect proof that you don't need to be good at writing to make a TV show. I don't know enough about Game of Thrones to unpack that opinion. <laughs> but you do know enough about your own life to decide whether or not you would change anything, John. I was going to say, but I know enough about your opinions to unpack some of that opinion. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by feelings. Yes. We all have them. Why aren't we talking about them God as much? Damn it. I feel like so much conflict would be alleviated if people were just a little bit more upfront with their feelings. Yeah, most wars would be shut down if somebody just went, oh, come on. What's uh, this really about? Yeah. So to finally answer this question, if I knew that in one year I would die suddenly down to the minute, I would make sure that I took care of all the people in my life. I would basically, I would liquidate both literally and metaphorically my life. And I, the way that you die is literally, you will liquefy. I will liquefy. <laughs> the sudden death I, is that you turn into I will puddle. literally liquidate. So I am going to metaphorically liquidate my assets as well as my relationships. I, I want everything to be out there. I don't want there to be any sort of conflicts in the air. Um, I want people to know where I was planning to go, how yeah. far I got. Uh, maybe I write a manuscript. I don't think I could get through a whole book because of the editing process. <laughs> yeah. uh, See, I write a whole cliff notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I write a cliff notes. And, and that's mostly for the people who it's it would be for the people who I might have been able to influence given the time. Yeah. Like, uh, like here are 
my last words and I wish it could be personalized to you, but it is hopefully just useful advice. Yeah. Now we've got to get going, but before we do, I do want to ask you a quick follow-up question. Yeah. Since you know you're going to die in 365 days, are you going to do yourself in before then? Or are you going to wait for the moment? If I know the exact minute, mm-hmm. nah, I'll just wait for it. I feel like I want to go out with a bang. Maybe just an like, hour before. Like, just, just, well, just to assert your own dominance. Yeah, day. like own life, you know? I'm going to yeah, die yeah. from a heart attack on June 14th at exactly 8 p.m. Well, I'm going to jump out of a helicopter at 7.30. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah, I'm going to yeah. take it. It's all mine. It's all Jordan's. So this podcast is about death. <laughs> So I think that's about where we want to leave it for today. Yeah, this is sort of like a fun mini introductory session before we dive into the weird heavy stuff that we want to talk about with ourselves and with guests. And Yeah, none of this was weird or heavy. None of this was weird and heavy. This was a fun light discussion about how we would kill ourselves in the eventuality that we know the exact date of our death. All right. If you have opinions on any of the questions that we asked, what can you do with those things, Jarvis? Where well, can you put those words? If you have opinions about some of the questions we talked about today, uh, we want to hear your answers. So feel free to tweet us at SadBoysPod on Twitter. With a Z. With a Z. Most definitely with a Z. Because we're cool. Yeah, so that's uh, S-A-D-B-O-Y-Z-P-O-D. You know it. Remember the band P-O-D? I do, and no one else does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what was the one song that P.O.D. Wow, had? that was a callback. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, what was the P.O.D. song? Holy shit. The, the, the lead singer of P.O.D. just woke up in his bed. We he got like are, a dist- we are. You the nation. <laughs> <laughs> He's here. He just broke in Mr. through the P.O.D. door. P.O.D. himself. No. Oh, my God. Stop singing at me. Let go of my arm. Wow. He's here. They're still making music. Really? You're kidding. Uh, I don't know. That's true. They're still listening to music. They formed in 1992. Hey, that's pretty fun. Well, that's a fact. I formed in 1992. <laughs> it's, yeah, they're still around. You're kidding. Wow. They probably twinned with Smash Mouth or something. They they kind of look the same as Smash Mouth. <laughs> well, you just, showed me a fo- you just showed me a photo and all of P.O.D. I w- okay, everybody listening, I want to pull up a photo of the band P.O.D., and I want them to pull up a picture of the vocalist from Smash Mouth and tell me that every single one of them doesn't look like a failed clone of the vocalist from Smash Mouth. I think they look identical. A bo- exactly the same. And I challenge you to find evidence otherwise. I also challenge you to tell me what POD stands for. <laughs> it's piece of Smash Mouth. <laughs> uh, which is short for D. <laughs> which is more of a D. Not everybody knows that Smash Mouth starts Smash with a well D. Silent D. Silent D. The the band a secret d secret d is a very good band name jarvis we do have fun we do have fun and this has been a very strange rambly exploration of the feelings we have about several things jarvis if i was in the mood to get some more of that going forward where would i go and what would i do well you would go over to twitter and you'd go to the sad boys pod twitter page and you tweet us some weird questions yeah right after you hit that big old follow button yeah hit the big old follow button Tweet us a question. Your question might be featured on the next and subsequent episodes of Sad Boys. Mm-hmm. And uh, make sure to include the hashtag Jordan. Gosh, what a handsome boy. I love him so much. It's going to take up a lot of your characters, but it's worth it. 
I, if you don't include that, then you have a much higher chance of getting featured. <laughs> you will be immediately reported if you this do is that. coming from the guy who's probably going to read the tweets. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be in charge of picking those up. So I'm just saying, uh, know your audience. <laughs> make your choice and make <laughs> live with the consequences. This has been The Sad Boys. Thanks so much for listening to our episode zero. Yeah, we're excited to take the show in a kind of weird and interesting direction to make the questions more and more uncomfortable and to bring guests in willing to share their lives and intricacies and insights. Uh, Hopefully you enjoy that whole process. And also to try and figure out how to be more interesting. Yeah, I can't imagine being more interesting because I'm so compelling. But in your case, yes, we are hoping to make you likable. I, this is really just an exercise for me. Yeah. It's an exercise in self-growth for myself. Because I'm perfect. I found it. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm, they, I've cracked it. You figured it out. Yeah. Figured it out. Perfect, Jordan. Now we've just got to figure out how to make Jarvis perfect. And then we can take over the world. So finally, we take over the world. Well, let me say, before we sign off, I love you. And I'm sorry. This has been The Sad Boys.